0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we get to talk about one of my favorite golf tournaments of the year, the 2024 Waste Management Phoenix Open. This is one of my favorite events on the calendar. I look forward to it every single year. I absolutely love this golf course. I think it's one of the best tests on the PGA Tour. I absolutely love the timing of the event. It is the perfect lead-in to the Super Bowl. It's just the ultimate, like... Have on the TV as you're getting the house ready, cleaning the house, you know, setting out the plates, setting out the appetizers, you know, as you're prepping to host people for the Super Bowl, it's the perfect thing to have on the TV, just kind of, you know, viewing in the background. And then, you know, when you get a little bit of opportunity, you sneak over there and watch it in between stuff. And so I, I just love it. And, you know, I also love the atmosphere at this event and how it is genuinely different from any other event on the PGA Tour. So, um, we're here to break this event down here for you today. We're going to break down the course itself and what types of skill sets and what types of golfers you can expect to excel this week in phoenix Um, and then we are going to look at the board and try to identify some golfers who are going to have some success and that need to be in your dfs lineups on your betting cards or in your one and done entries because we will discuss one and done strategy at the very end so this is an all-encompassing preview where no matter what game you're playing no matter what style of like fantasy golf you're playing we're going to have you cover this week and give you all the information you need to know to pick some winners for the waste management phoenix open now before we get started i do want to remind you this is the last week to start best ball contests on Underdog Fantasy. Um, we did have a video that you know profiled the best ball format, as well as um, you know kind of gave some tips and some strategy for for drafting best ball, as well as a live draft. Even though a lot of the guys that were in that draft are like. Not draftable anymore because some of them went to live. Um, So, you know, it is a little bit dated, but we did preview the best ball format. And if you're looking to join some best ball leagues here before, you know, they um, start, then I would recommend checking that video out. Link is in the description on YouTube as well on the audio feed. All right. So, um, that does it for the introduction, y'all. I I can't wait to go ahead and dive in. So, let's go ahead and start breaking down TPC Scottsdale itself. All right. So the Waste management Phoenix Open is played at TPC Scottsdale. It has been at this site for almost 30 years now. And this is a par 71, a little over 7,200 yards. And this one is kind of on the outskirts of Phoenix. So um, it is very much uh, desert golf. It, it, you know, it's in kind of the Arizona desert. And one thing that is important about this course is it is played at altitude. Like this is over 1,500 feet above sea level. So um, the ball is going to travel a little farther. Um, and with it being, you know, desert conditions, this is a, very firm and fast golf course particularly in the fairway Um, and so what you will see is this course actually ends up being the course on the PGA Tour with the longest average driving distance just because you know they're hitting the ball a little bit farther because of altitude the firm and fast fairways are going to generate more rollout and what also is the case is this is a very driver heavy layout this is not like last week at pebble beach where there's a lot of holes that are going to force layups or you know a lot of places where it's not really advantageous to hit driver this is the exact opposite of that there is nothing at this course to discourage hitting driver Um, and so guys are pretty much on every par 4 and par 5 gonna pull driver from the bag and gonna try to hit it as far as they can Um, what just generally ends up happening is the rough here is not very penal it, it's not very long and there's you know enough of it that like you don't have to worry if you're in the rough and so you can kind of just wail away with driver hope that you hit that firm and fast fairway and hope that you get some rollout in the fairway but it's not the end of the world if you know you get rollout out into the rough because the rough isn't all that penal now the main hazard on this course is the natural area the desert area um, that's going to be kind of what you want to avoid off the tee but the Landing areas, when you look at the fairway plus the rough, they're, they're pretty generous. It's going to take a pretty big miss to end up in the natural area. Um, and so I'm not like super duper concerned about that as a hazard. There is water in play on a few holes, but this isn't like PGA National or anything like that where you have to be concerned about water lurking at every corner. So basically this course is going to ask you to pull driver out on every hole and to be pretty good with the driver. You can't have massive misses and you also, it is generally a pretty good advantage to be long with the driver here at this course because you're, you know, distance is going to be an advantage if, if everybody's pulling driver. Now also, the fairway in, in regulation percentage here is pretty low because of you know them being pretty narrow and everybody pulling driver. Then um, you end up with a decent amount of what I call creativity shots. There's a lot of undulation on the fairways and rough here at this course, and so you can end up with a lot of uneven lies and a lot of shots that are going to kind of require creativity. It's why you see a lot of what I call field golfers, more creative golfers like Scotty Scheffler, like Jordan Spieth, like Ricky Fowler, um, play well here in years past because they're able to kind of have the imagination with the uneven lies. And a lot of those guys also play very well at Augusta National, which is another course where you have a lot of uneven lies. Now, also, this is a TPC layout, which, you know, is you know, it's got its pros and cons that the TPC, what they try to do is create, you know, good, um, golf courses for tournament golf. And in this case, I absolutely think they nailed it in some other cases. I think they're kind of cookie cutter and kind of bland, but this one is an outstanding venue, but with it being a TPC layout, a lot of the par fours are very homogenous. And so a lot of the par fours end up with approach shots coming from either 150 to 175 or 175 to 200 yards. So being, elite with your middle irons is the name of the game this week. You know, be good enough off the tee, tread water off the tee, and really allow yourself to separate yourself with your middle irons is going to be the formula for winning this week. And it's what has been the formula for winning oftentimes here. Strokes gained approach is probably one of the most important categories here if you want to win. And with it being, you know, a course where a lot of the the pro shots are coming from the same distance. Ball strikers tend to play very well here because you're going to be asked to hit your middle irons again and again and again. And guys who are good at that are going to um, you know, separate themselves from the pack this week. Now, one thing that's interesting in terms of layout, you absolutely have to love... The closing stretch at this course. I'm talking 15, 16, 17, 18. It creates an absolutely thrilling finish, in my opinion. 15 is a risk reward par five where you're really going to have to go for the green in in two if you want to eagle it, but it's also over water. So, um, you know, if you find yourself being too aggressive, you could find yourself dropping. 16 is the stadium par three that we all know and love. We've all seen the video of Tiger hitting the hole in one there. We've all seen the video of, um, I believe it was Joel Damon taking his shirt off and, uh, you you know, there's guys that chug beers like, you know, it's just it's a great atmosphere. And then right after that, you have whole 17. Which is a short par four, a drivable par four with water on the left and behind the green, and so um, you know you end up with a lot of holes, 15, 16, and 17 that can feature heavy, heavy swings, um, you know, down the stretch. Brooks Koepka, I believe, the year he won this in 2021, chipped in on 17 to win, and so um, it, it just generally the the layout of the back nine of this course creates an exciting finish just about every Sunday here, and, and that's one of the reasons why I do love this event. Another reason why I do love this event is the atmosphere. This is unlike any other event you're going to see on the PGA tour um, where kind of, You're not going to hear the golf claps this week. You know, it's not going to be one of those like ho-hum, very corporate weeks. This is the people's open. This is, it's going to be people consuming a lot of alcohol, hooting and hollering when there's good shots, but also respectful to the game as well. But like, this is the one place where it is encouraged to, you know, when you see a good shot, like yell and and let them know that it's good. And then you have the stadium par three where whether you hit the ball well or not well, you're going to hear about it. And so it creates a general electric atmosphere, which is why I think you see guys who have performed well at major championships and guys who have performed well in match play circumstances play well here because the pressure is a little bit different from what you see week in and week out on the pga tour also this is if there ever was one a team no putt week what i mean by that is guys who generally don't putt the ball very well at all um play well here pretty, pretty much. Like, you, you look at the winners, Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, Hideki Matsuyama. These are not guys who are very good on the greens. Um, and the main reason why is because these are pretty easy greens to putt on. Um, you know, it is a unique type of grass here at TBC Scottsdale. It is Bermuda with a poa overseed, which creates this very carpet-like surface that's very smooth. And for some reason, bad putters tend to elevate their putting here. Um, I'm no agronomy expert, so I can't really explain 100% why, but just from everything I've researched, it's a very carpety grass. And if you're looking, or if you're thinking like, well, where do they have this grass at, at other tournaments? They also have them at the American Express. Um, and then, you know, it's another desert condition, so it allows the grass to kind of live through the winter. Um, And then they also have them at TPC Sawgrass when the players just played there and at Copperhead, the home of the Valspar Championship. It allows that grass to kind of live through the Florida winter. And so that is why they do the Bermuda with the power overseed there. So um, that is everything you need to know about the layout of TPC Scottsdale. Now let's go ahead and take a look at some factors that go into winning year in and year out here. So when you look at the stats from this tournament last year, um, what you see is that a lot of the guys who were near the top of the leaderboard gained strokes in every category, which means like, you know, kind of like what I was saying, ball striking is the name of the game, right? Like. It, pretty much everybody gained strokes in both approach and off the tee if they were successful here last year. Um, and so you're going to w- probably want that if you, if you want to be successful here again this year. Um, and also one thing you notice is because the fairway regulation percentage is pretty low and the green regulation percentage is pretty low, guys who are good around the green also tended to play well here. Being able to save par from you know these little tricky lies with these little tricky chips is going to be important here this week as well. So um, another thing that I did want to point out is that you didn't have to be super elite with the putter to win here um nick taylor was the only guy in the top 10 to gain more than 1.51 strokes per round putting um you know and justin thomas even came in fourth barely losing strokes putting jordan Speeth came in sixth losing strokes putting so um you don't have to be perfect on the greens here to win as long as you were having a good ball striking week and the two best ball strikers here last year were jordan Speeth and scotty Scheffler. so um definitely something to, to be you know to look back and see that um, you know ball striking is the name of the game here at this golf course now in terms of the course fit um, data golf which is a, a website that has a lot of free tools that I love I've been using a lot lately they rank southern hills as the number one comparison which kind of checks out to what we've been talking right that is a course that was a host of a major championship it was very firm and fast and it had a lot of um, you know approach shots from 150 to 200 yards winner there was Justin Thomas who has played very well at this event Datagolf has the top fits here at TPC Scottsdale as Scotty Scheffler, Tom Kim, Max Homa, Sungjae Im and Siwoo Kim as the top 10 or as the top 5 excuse me a guy that I am going to bring up multiple times here on this show Sam Burns ranks 8th so um interesting see, interesting here to see kind of that that's what Datagolf has as the, the the course fits now course history here is also super sticky this This is the third most predictive course on the PGA Tour behind only Augusta National and YLI in terms of course history. So, what that means is guys who play well at this event tend to continue to play well at this event. And you're probably sitting there asking, wait a minute, why is that? Why do guys here continue? to play well here well it's a very unique event we talked about the unique atmosphere we talked about the unique greens you know and even the layout even though it's a tpc layout it is unique in the fact that it features so many risk reward holes on the back nine and also the geographical location there's not a whole lot of desert golf that is played on the pga tour so you end up when you kind of put all that in a pot you end up with a very unique event The guys that play well here tend to play well here year in and year out and so when you look at Strokes gain, the best players here at TPC Scottsdale, um, you know, in their careers in terms of strokes gain are Scotty Scheffler. I'm going to skip Xander Shoffley because he is no longer in the field. Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, Sungjae J M, Taylor Moore, Sahit Thagawa, Matt Fitzpatrick, Ben Ahn, and Ricky Fowler, with Alex Noren, Max Homa, and Kurt Kitayama, and Jordan Spieth on the outside looking in of that top ten. So those are some names that, if you're a course history person, which I think you should be this week, those are names that you need to be considering for your lineups and your betting cards. Now we're going to go ahead and talk about the key stats. So I do this every week where for every course. You know, if you are making a custom model or something like that, I go over the stats that I think are the most important that I would be incorporating into my model. Um, And so for TPC Scottsdale, uh, first I have good drives gained. Basically, this week is you know, off the tee, you got to keep it into play and it's not going to be super likely that you're going to hit the fairway, but I do need you that if you're going to miss the fairway, keep it in the rough. Don't put it in the natural area because you can hit the green from the rough because it's not all that tough here. So what good got, what good drives gained is going to give you is guys who are either hitting the fairway or hitting the green from the rough. Um, it'll, it'll give credit for that. So those are, that's a stat that I definitely want to pay attention to this week. And then obviously with it being a big time ball striking week, I want to incorporate both strokes. Off the tee as well as stroke scan approach, you're gonna to want to be good with your driver as well as your irons this week. Bottom line, and you know with the irons, those key distances that we talked about, I want to focus on proximity, 150 yards to 200 yards. A lot of the approach shots are gonna come from that this week, so you want to target that heavily this week. To contrast from Pebble Beach last week, where a lot of the approaches were with wedges, I also want to look at opportunities gained, which is did you give yourself a 15 feet or shorter birdie putt? Because with the winning score being between minus 14 and minus 19 pretty much every year in the last decade here, you are going to need to roll in some birdies. This is not a birdie fest, but it is a place where you're gonna have to roll in some if you wanna win. And I also want to value scrambling. Like I said, you're gonna end up with some tricky situations here that you're gonna have to be able to get up and down. And scrambling also will give you some of those kind of creative feel type golfers that like I said, that have mentioned and and, you know have played so well here. And I also think that course history is very important. So if you're making a custom model, put in course history at TPC Scottsdale. Now for my top course, or my comp courses, I do have a few of them this week just because this is a so unique venue. It's really hard to kind of narrow it down. Um, and so I do have TBC Sawgrass as my number one comp course. It is another TBC layout that features numerous risk reward holes and a lot of crossover winners here at Sawgrass and um, TBC Scottsdale. You know, Scotty Shuffler won both of these events last year. Justin Thomas has played well at both. Hideki Matsuyama has played well at both. Webb Simpson has played well at both. So there's just a lot of crossover between those two and i think that that is one you can look at the putting is also similar there as it is here with the bermuda grass with the poop with the poa oversea major championship venues is also something i look at basically guys who play well in major championships tend to play well at this golf course so um you know i would take a look at somebody's history in majors you know to kind of see if they are up for the task of playing in this atmosphere this week and then another place where you see a lot of crossover success is TPC craig ranch home of the byron nelson um you know we saw last year jason day win there he's had some success here at Scottsdale. Um, you've also seen um, you know, some similar guys near the top of the leaderboards like KH Lee, who won at TPC Craig Ranch and has been pretty good in his career here at Scottsdale. Scotty Scheffler has also been pretty good at TPC Craig Ranch as well as Jordan Spieth. TPC Summerlin, as well as the Stadium course, um, you know, host the American Express. Um, those are two courses that are just desert golf. And, and so a lot of the similarities of desert golf are, are gonna, you know, show up there where you need to keep it in play off the tee. You know, the greens are a little bit different. Service and, and um, I, I just think that that's you know something that's worth mentioning as well. All right, so that does it for everything you need to know about the course. Now let's go ahead and take a look at the board. So this week we have to deal with what I call the Scotty Scheffler conundrum at the top of the board. So Scotty Scheffler has won this event twice in a row, two years in a row, back to back, and is looking to make it a three-peat this year. Um, and I gotta say, like, he Looks like he can do it. Like I like, he's the best TD Green player in the world. I think he is the best golfer in the field. And I don't see any reason for him not to. He's coming in with solid form with a win at the Hero, a fifth at the Century, and then sixth at Pebble Beach last week. And I just think he's the best golfer in the field. I think he's the most likely guy to win this tournament. But if you're playing DFS and if you are – Betting this tournament outright, you got to ask yourself if the number is worth it. I will say on FanDuel on DFS, where he is only $500 more than Justin Thomas, I think he is absolutely worth it to go up to. And I think a lot of people will opt to do that in DFS. Here this week on DraftKings, and you have to ask yourself this question which is more likely that he wins the golf tournament? or that he has a floor week and comes in about T20. Because if we're being honest, he's playing such good T to green golf right now, the T20 is about his floor. Because what you see if you look at his strokes gain distributions on data golf is, he is routinely gaining a ton of strokes off the tee, a ton of strokes on approach, and usually some strokes around the green. And it's the putter that can go hot or cold. But he has the ability that even if he has a negative putter, he can still come in the top five. In fact, at the BMW Championship, he had a negative putter and came in second. At the U.S. Open, he barely had a positive putter, came in third. Memorial had a super negative putter and came in third. So what you've got to ask yourself is, you know, how likely is it that he has a terrible putting week and comes in about 20th place? Because I think that would be the path to fading him, right, is you would want him to come in um, about 20th. He has a good history of putting here, though. Um, You know, he gained over a stroke per round on the green last year. So I don't think it's necessarily likely that he has a floor week, and I think it's fairly likely he wins the golf tournament. So I will probably be rolling him out in DFS lineups. I'm not a big outright betting person because it's not legal in my state, but I probably wouldn't be betting him just because the number is so low, it would be very hard to be profitable. But I think in DFS, I will be rolling him out in some lineups. Now, if I don't play him in my lineups, what I'm going to want to do is I want to try to get as much upside as possible. So I will probably be playing three guys in this 9K range on DraftKings if I'm not playing Scotty Scheffler because it's very likely when you look at the history here that a favorite or a guy with a good track record here wins this tournament. So there's a lot of those guys in the 9K range and a lot of them are legitimate options this week. You know, Justin Thomas is coming in with probably as good of a recent form as anyone. You know, he has six straight no, I'm sorry, five straight top six finishes. I had my numbers mixed up there. He has five straight top six finishes worldwide and he has five straight top 13 finishes at this event. He has also done it in a variety of ways. He's always been a good ball striker at this event. He has done well with gaining strokes putting. He has done well with losing strokes putting. So JT with his recent form being really good and with his good history at this event, I think he's a really solid play at 10K. And if you're not going to get to where you can definitely get to Thomas. Max Homo was Terrible at Pebble Beach, you know, coming in 66th place out of 80 golfers. But I kind of think it was just a weird week. Like we really don't know what would have happened if they got all 72 holes, and also the weather would have thrown a wrench into things as well. So I'm willing to kind of throw that out for Homa. Um, he's never missed a cut here at this tournament, and his recent form leading into Pebble was pretty good. So I would be willing to go back to Homa, but. I think a lot of people are going to opt to, instead of play home, or just end up playing Justin Thomas. So I think Max Homa is going to be fairly low-owned in DFS this week. Now, I'm, I'm going to skip Sam Burns for just a second. Jordan Spieth has a 6th-place finish and a 4th-place finish here. He was just okay at Pebble, but he was really good at the century in the hero. Spieth has played this event without having really good recent form coming in and done well at it. So um, I definitely think this is a really good spot for Jordan Spieth. Matt Fitzpatrick and Sung Im both have a pretty solid course history here. Um, Sung Jay owns a 6th and a 7th place finish and is 4 for 4 in terms of making the cut. Fitzpatrick only played here each of the last two years but was top 30 in both editions of it. Cam Young is a guy that I think is probably going to go very low owned in DFS this week. He's not playing all that well. He doesn't have a lot of history at this course and he doesn't appear to be a great course fit on paper. So Cam Young is probably a guy that a lot of people are going to fade this week. I will probably be among those a lot of people. Sahet Tagawa should have Won this tournament two years ago. He came in third. You know, on that risk-reward um, par 4, 17th hole, his ball found the water. And it's really the only reason he lost. And I kind of think that, you know, Sahith is kind of very speedy where he tends to play well at the courses that he plays well at year in and year out. So I'm definitely willing to go back to Sahith here this week. Now, out of anybody in the 9K range, though, and I'm going to try to switch up how I do this segment of the show. I feel like I do a really good job breaking down the course. I don't do as good of a job breaking down the board, getting into detail. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to de- detail a few guys that I'm definitely going to be rolling out in DFS and I definitely think make good good sound outright bets. And one of those guys in the 9k range my favorite is Sam Burns. So We mentioned with Sam Burns how he putts well at these courses that are Bermuda with a POA Oversee. You know, last year he gained strokes putting here at this tournament, finished in sixth place. At the Players, he gained .86 strokes putting per round. At the Valspar, he's won that tournament twice, came in sixth last year. Austin Country Club, I think, is also a sneaky comp for this place, but it's the host of a match play tournament, so it's really hard to kind of do strokes gained for that. But he won that event gained a lot of strokes putting at that course. And so Sam Burns has a lot of good history on, on those type of courses, and he's also coming in with really good recent form. You know, he was, you know, dating back to last year, T9 at the Tour Championship, which was a really good finish, and then picked it back up this counter year with a T6 at the American Express and 10th at Pebble Beach. What I really like to see at the American Express, though, he gained two strokes putting, and that was this Bermuda, Bermuda grass with a POA oversea that he's gonna see this week. He also did not have a good approach week at the American Express when he came in sixth place. He righted that ship at Pebble, gained 1.42 strokes per round on approach at Pebble. And so I think if you're able able to get that good putting that we know he could have on these greens with the approach play that you saw at Pebble Beach. I think this can be a week where Sam Burns breaks through and ends up winning this golf tournament. So Sam Burns is my favorite play out of anybody in the 9k range on DraftKings. Now let's go ahead and take a quick breather and then we're going to break down the value plays. All right, so if you ended that segment and are like, wait a minute, Mike, Wyndham Clark's in the 9K range and you didn't mention him, that was intentional because I feel like Wyndham Clark and J.T. Poston belong in the same conversation, and the reason for that is because they are coming in with elite-level form. and. I kind of think both of them got disrespected on price tag. If I'm being honest, I would have probably put Clark and Poston right up there right behind Jordan Spieth after what they have done in the last month. With Clark, it's really just kind of a one-tournament thing. But when that one-tournament is a um, signature event that he won by firing a 60 um, and, you know, just looking elite in all facets of his game. Like, yeah, then, then that's, you know, it might call it an overreaction on my part, but I think he is an elite level golfer. And I think what you saw with him, you know, the past two months was a guy who was flirting with Liv, was in negotiations, not not really all in. And now Liv has, you know, finalized their roster. Wingham Park is on the PGA Tour, and now he is back to being all in and, and looking like the Wyndham that we saw last year where he won an elevated event and then ended up winning a major as well. I think he is here to stay. I think he's legitimately good. And if you want to sit there and say, well, Mike, you know, he made 500 feet of putts that in that round where he fired a 60, you know, isn't that a little fluky? Yeah, but also when you go look at the numbers, he was also gaining strokes in every other category as well, including off the tee and on approach. And if he just told a few less of those putts, it still would have been a 63. So um, I definitely really like Wyndham Clark heading into this event, coming off of that steam, as well as JT Poston, who in the last month um, has came in no worse than 20th place, 5th, 6th, 11th, and 20th. And he's a guy that he tends to pop on shorter golf courses, which this is one. Um, and so I think this is a really good spot for JT Poston as well. Now, the rest of the AK range has guys that I think you can lump into one of two buckets. You have guys who are good course history guys and guys who are good course fit guys. So um, I think that um, on paper, Wu Lee... Tom Kim and Eric Cole are the good course fit guys. Um, All of these guys are, um, well, Tom Kim and Eric Cole are elite level approach players um, who aren't really all that great with the driver, Um, but you don't have to be great with the driver here. You just have to kind of tread water with it. Minwoo Lee is an elite driver and putter. So if the iron game... Comes along for Minwoo, which he generally is a pretty good long approach player. Um, I think that this would be a week where he could he could break through. And also the fact that it's desert golf and he's used to playing in Australia, I think that might help a little bit. I'm not a, like a super agronomy guy that knows what Australia's grass is like, but I think that definitely can't hurt with, with that with how good he's played down under. Now Benny on. Hideki Matsuyama and Ricky Fowler are your course history guys here in the 8K range. Um, So depending on what you um prefer, I think all these guys are in play, honestly. I'm probably going to do similar to what I did last week at Pebble where I cast a wide net up top and just a few value plays behind them. Um, and what ended up happening was last week, I didn't have enough Wyndham Clark and some of the guys at the top really folded. I, I don't necessarily see that being the case this week when it's a tournament that is generally won by one of the big dogs or guys who generally play well here. So... um. I definitely think that's the strategy I will be going with this week. Now, heading down the board, you do have another few course history guys. Adam Hadwin was 10th here last year. Um, He was sixth at the American Express and second at the Shriners. He's just an elite desert golfer um, and I'm considering him for that reason. Um, And then you have Alex Noren, who was um, 10th here two years ago and is also on a really good run of golf. Um, You know, four straight um, or five straight made cuts, I guess, dating back to the Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Um, You know, 25th and 26th, in the last two tournaments, which is no slouch. So I really do like Alex Norton as well. A guy that I want to highlight, though, is Akshay Batia. So you guys know me. If you've been around for a long time, you know my affinity for Akshay, right? I think he's super talented. I think he's going to win a lot of golf tournaments on the PGA Tour. And I think this is a stretch where we might finally get it out of Akshay. And so reason why is you look back at what he was doing last summer, and he was a really good ball striker who was bleeding strokes with the putter. Um, At the Barracuda Championship, he married it all together and, and won. And then in the fall, he continued to be a terrible putter. And he flipped to the broomstick putter, though. And since he's gotten the broomstick putter, he's gained strokes putting in the last four events. Every event this calendar year, he's gained strokes putting. And the off the tee game and the approach game hasn't really hit its ceiling yet since he started gaining strokes putting. And so, man, when he is able to marry all that together, he is going to win some golf tournaments. And I think this is a week where the greens are pretty easy to putt on, and I think he's a really good middle iron player. I think this is a really good spot for Akshay but he, I think he has a really good number as a bet to win this this tournament outright now another one of my favorite plays in the 7k range i'm gonna have to go down a little bit for him um in between there though i do like thomas Dietrich. i think that he's coming into his own just as a is a very good pga tour golfer coming over from europe um and so the other guy that i like in the 7k range is going to be kevin you so kevin U was like the chairman of team no putt last year um he was just pretty terrible on the greens if we're being honest but he's fixed that problem as well like Akshay did you know he gained strokes putting at the American Express gained strokes putting at the Farmer's Insurance and the approach in um off the tee game has been there pretty much consistently for Kevin Yu. Last week at Pebble, his undoing was he lost about three strokes putting, but these are much different types of greens than you see at Pebble. So um, I think that, you know, Kevin Yu, if he can have a bounce back week with the putter, keep that approaching off the team game or off the tee game where it's been, I think he can have another good week as well. Nick Taylor is another guy that I'm going to spotlight. Anytime it's a short golf course, I feel like you got to roll out Nick Taylor, right? Like he has a good history at this event. He has great history, at other short golf courses, and he's a guy who week in and week out seems to always gain strokes. On approach, which is what I want to see this week more than ever. And he's had a good history here at this event. So I really do like Nick Taylor this week as well. Next spotlight is going to be Austin Eckrow. And I think Eckrow Might turn into the new Akshay. Now, the Akshay has won an event. I think it's only a matter of time before Akro is going to be able to win an event. Um, You look at what he did last spring, and he had a lot of spike weeks. You know, he had spike weeks where he gained um, off the tee, he had spike weeks where he gained on approach, he had spike weeks where he gained with the putter, like his T2 at the Byron Nelson. Um, And, you know, he just never really put it all together. At the US Open, he came close, he only lost strokes with the putter. But if he ever puts it all together and has all of his spike weeks on the same weeks, this is going to be a very good golfer. At the American Express, he gained strokes in every category, came in 25th place. Uh, This calendar year, he has made cuts at the Sony Open, the American Express, and the Farmers. And I just like the fact that the guy has a legitimately highest ceiling in every category. And if he does put it all together, he has the legitimate ceiling to win an event. I also like the fact that his best finish on the PGA Tour was at one of my comp courses, which was TPC Craig Ranch. Sam Ryder is the next guy that we're going to spotlight. He is the first guy in the 6K range that we're going to spotlight. And Ryder is just a guy that, generally speaking, he's not super long off the tee, but he's decent with the driver. He's also a generally really good approach player, especially at a lot of events where he's been good on approach. Those are a lot of middle iron type courses. So um, that is one thing I think you can look with him. He's generally a pretty mediocre putter, Um, but you know, when he does gain with the putter is when he does have good weeks. So Sam Ryder is a guy that I do like a lot this week. And then Nate Lashley is another guy that I'm gonna highlight. So um, he had a really good week at the Farmers. He gained two strokes per round putting, but what's lost in that is that he did gain around the green he did gain on approach, and he was just mediocre off the tee, but he's generally a pretty good off the tee player. Um, So I do think this is a pretty good spot for Nate Lashley. He is a guy who generally excels at longer approach shots, Um, and so I do think that this is a pretty good spot for him if he can keep that hot putting up that he had at the Farmers. Now, looking down the rest of the board, there's some other guys that are definitely going to make my player pool that I didn't spotlight. I think Aaron Rye is a guy that pretty much, you know, week in and week out is a guy that I generally play just because he's one of those Euro guys kind of like Thomas Dietrich, that I think is legitimately good, and it's a matter of time before he wins on the PGA Tour. Um, Gary Woodland is a former winner of this event. However, he has not looked all that great recently. Um, And then dipping in the 6K range, Jake Knapp looked really good at the Farmers with a T3. Um, Can he sustain that? I don't know. Um, You remember the last time, you know, we talked about Nick Dunlap last week, how he was coming off of the win at the American Express and he did not look good at Pebble. So these young guys, you know, they're going to learn that the PGA tour is pretty rough. Um, And so it's going to be really hard to sustain that. KH Lee has pretty good history here, as well as, you know, two wins at my comp course, TPC Craig Ranch. He's a guy who's going to get consideration from me. Um, And then also in the 6K range, Doug Yim is just like one of the best approach players who never really does a whole lot else right. Um, And so if he's able to finally find the rest of his game, he's a guy that, you know, does have legitimate chance to win a golf tournament. And then two guys in the 6K range that I do like also, I do like Vincent Norman and um, Lee Hodges at a course where it's a driver-heavy layout that's one of the best uh, clubs in their bag. Uh, And I think that if there is a place where they're going to separate themselves, it is a course that features a lot of driver. All right, so that does it for all the value plays. Let's go ahead and now turn to one-and-done strategy. Mm -hmm. Let's close out one of my favorite events by talking about one of my favorite formats, which is one and done. So it has not been a good one and done season for me so far. Um, Last week, I was heavy on Jordan Spieth and Matt Fitzpatrick. um, And so, um, yeah, not good for me. And that was the first elevated event of the season. But the good news continues to be if you've gotten off to a slow start in one and done nobody has gotten off to a great start in one and done. I have not really found anybody that had Wyndham Clark last week. And very few people had Ludwig Aubert as well, So, um, or, or Thomas Dietrich for that matter. So um, the good news is, is you're only so far behind, right? There's plenty of time to make up ground. And even if you haven't found a winner yet, like you're still in decent shape. Um, so this week... This is not a signature event. Even though the field is great, this is probably the best field of any non-signature event that we're gonna see all season. This and the farmers um, tend to hold that distinction. Um, And I think this one is definitely better than what we saw at the farmers. So um, even though the field is elite, I don't necessarily want to go to one of the absolute best golfers in the field, right? Like Scotty Scheffler is a guy that you can play at any course and, and he's gonna play well pretty much. And if you use him in a signature event, And he comes in like fourth place. He's going to get as much money as he would get from winning this event. So, um, you know, if you want to be super aggressive and you are super, you know, convinced that Scotty is going to win this golf tournament, I think you can pull the trigger on him, but I'm going to save him for later because I just, again, I think there's other spots I can use him where I can get a T3, T2, maybe even a win and end up with more money than he would get from winning or, you know, coming in top five here at this tournament. So Scotty is not going to be my pick and one and done this week. Um, I do think that, you know, you can go with a lot of guys near the top of the board. You know, you can go with Max Homa. I, I think there's a better spot for Max Homa down the road. Matt Fitzpatrick, I don't think is a bad choice. Wyndham Clark off of his heater, not a bad choice. Jordan Spieth, I think would be a great choice this week if you have him. Um, he generally has pretty good history here at this event. There's... Only a certain number of speed courses down the road too. Like you have Valero, you have Colonial, you have Augusta. Um, this is probably a pretty good spot for speed. And so if you do have speed, I would not mind going with him this week. Sahit Tagawa is another guy that I would not mind going with this week. Justin Thomas is a guy that I like a lot this week. Um, you know, Justin Thomas may be a signature event guy now with how he's playing, but if you want to go ahead and ride the hot streak with Justin Thomas, like Go ahead. He's been elite at this event. He's been elite in you know the last five events that he's played. I really like Justin Thomas this week, in case you can't tell, and, and I really think you can go with him for one-and-dones, but I think a guy that I'm going to go with, and the only strategy choice that I have with this guy is, should I save him for Valspar, an event that he won back-to-back and came in sixth last year, and that is Sam Burns. I think this week is a choice where... If I use Sam Burns, i got to figure something else out for Valspar. If I do not use Sam Burns, say I use Justin Thomas, say I use Jordan Spieth, then I can save Sam Burns for Valspar, and I can figure out another course to use those two guys at where they have multiple course fits down the road. I also think the gawa will be a pretty solid choice considering his history here, um, as well as the fact that he doesn't have a whole lot of other course fits. So for me, it's probably going to come down to Figawa, Burns, Thomas, and Spieth. Those would be my top four guys this week um, in no particular order. Um, for this particular one-and-done that I'm selecting right now, given that I picked um, Spieth for Pebble, I'm going to go ahead and select Justin Thomas for the one that I've been picking here um, e- each week. And, and you can see it's not been a super successful start this season, but hey, it hasn't been super successful for anybody. All right, so let's go ahead and end the episode there. This is one of my favorite events. So I did go a little bit over my self imposed 30 minute time limit, but I think it was well worth it. Hopefully, I was able to get you guys a lot of good information that you can use to win this week, whether you're playing DFS, making bets, or playing one and done. Hopefully, I gave you all the right information you need to pick some winners. If you like what you saw on the YouTube video, please hit the like button. It really does help me out a ton, and I really do appreciate it. If you're listening on audio, rate and review the podcast. It really does help me out a ton. I promise those do not fall on deaf ears and they really do help and while you're at it don't just hit the like button hit the subscribe button subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the audio feed that way you can get notified new episodes drop and you can be with us for the rest of the pga tour season and as a reminder if you always want more information from me there are a few places you can get it You can follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. You can join the Fantasy Corner Discord. Link is in the description. It is 100% free. I love being a part of that community. It's a great place to talk about DFS with, and we've got a lot more sport than just golf going on in there, but golf is a sport where we've had some good discussion. We've had some guys have some successful lineups recently in there. So if you're looking for people to talk DFS with, join the Fantasy Corner Discord. And then lastly, I do write a full article for my Patreon every single tournament where I profile my core plays, as well as kind of my lineup strategy and attack strategy for the slate. Um, and so if you want to check out those, head to patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, that does it for this episode, guys. So um, hopefully, like I said, I was able to get you guys all the information you need. Talking about one of my favorite tournaments, as I mentioned last week, this three-week stretch where you get pebble, scottsdale riviera is just elites three of the best events on the calendar and i'm really looking forward to next week as well and hopefully you will be back with us next week so hit that subscribe button that way you can be back with us um but if you made it this far thank you guys for watching and listening to this point best of luck to you this week best of luck to you whatever you're doing for the super bowl as well whether you're going to be you know doing squares betting props whatever you know uh, this is the waste manager phoenix open is the perfect lead into the super bowl so best of luck to you in both those events thank you guys for watching and listening and i will see you next time